0: Sit Carter, sit, good boy. Hey there, welcome to, and thank you for checking out the Jeff Reynolds Show on the Jeff Reynolds Show podcast channel. Happy New Year. Hope you had uh, great holidays now that it's over. I hope your January is going swell. I know it's been colder than I'd like it to be. But that's what I get for living in Indiana. So it's my own fault. Hopefully that'll change one of these days. Uh, If I sound pretty nasally, it's because I am sick. COVID? No, not so much. I went and got tested actually this morning. Uh, By the way, today is Monday the 10th, January, whenever I'm uh, speaking to you. Maybe it's not, though. Maybe you're listening in the future. But for frame of reference, just went and got tested. That's the uh, second time I've been tested In the last couple months, I was sick back in November, so uh, trying to get into the doc to uh, hopefully get some antibiotics, because like I said, this is the second time it's happened, and hopefully I I can get over this. But uh, no COVID so far. I've uh, been one of those that has been dodging the bullets, so to speak, this entire time. Hopefully it's been that way. Uh, Hopefully it continues to be that way, rather. And the same goes for you. I hope you and your family stay healthy and you have a great 2022. I think we're good... uh, I think we're due for a good year, man, after the last couple. It's been uh, somewhat ridiculous, so uh, here's to hoping that it's on the up and up. Uh, Speaking of health, though, I want to say rest in peace to a great actor, great comedian, uh, Bob Saget. I should have put that in the other order. He was a great stand-up. That's kind of how I know him a little bit more than the Full House days. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I loved him in Full House and also America's Funniest Home Videos and some other things that he's done, but him as a stand-up, him as a uh, a commentary guy. I'm not going to sit here and act like Bob Saget was one of my favorites because I, res- I loved him for what he was, and he's going to be dearly missed. And boy, you hear so many people say that live that kind of lifestyle that the last thing that I want to do is die in a hotel room. And I'm sure he probably felt that way as well, but hopefully he went peacefully And everything was going well for him when it did happen when he was in the hotel in Orlando. I think my favorite of all time, there's going to be a lot of people that probably agree with me on this, uh, Bob Saget in the movie Half-Baked. Dave Chappelle ends up going to rehab for weed. And he uh, kind of gets a little bit of a ribbing by everybody else. It's like, what, you're in here for weed? Man, come on. And then Bob Saget's, uh well, he had a lot of experience with cocaine, so he makes a, a joke. I'll let you see it if you haven't seen it already. But who am I kidding? That movie's been out forever. As I mentioned, it is a cold day in Indiana, but the sun's shining. And living in Indiana during the wintertime, I love these days that the sun is shining because we don't get a lot of it. We get a lot of dark, uh, random, just dreary days here sunshine shining, but it's only 27 degrees, but hey, I'll take it, uh, even on a sick day. As far as what I've been up to, other than being sick, uh, just working. Uh, the holidays were so relaxing, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, great to see family, all that stuff, but uh, everything went well with that. It's weird. The holidays just get weirder and weirder as an adult, especially if you don't have kids like I I do not. Uh, It's just interesting. It feels less and less special, and I hate saying that because I love that time of year, but... Uh, maybe not less special, but it just changes. Getting old, man. I tell you, it's it's something else. Not something I uh, ever plan to do, but it's going to happen anyway, whether I like it or not. But yeah, just working away. I'm trying to figure out boy, what's next. What's the next big chapter in my life? Obviously, I've got my day job that I do, and then I've got this as a hobby, but uh, looking to get back into maybe doing what I do best, which is this kind of thing. At least I think so, but I could be wrong. That and waiting for Formula One to come back. I'm so excited. It was uh, one of the greatest seasons in my lifetime this last year. So the the big hiatus is going on right now, and it's really not that long. I think they're going to be testing next month and then right back on, on the road in March. It's such a long season but you get a lot of weeks off, which I kind of like. But excited to see what's going to happen with Formula One. Excited for the new documentary that is going to be coming out, the uh, Drive to Survive series on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it is phenomenal. I got I got kind of back into Formula One because of it. I was a huge fan in the late 90s and early 2000s. I, Michael Schumacher, I loved watching him. And then I just kind of fell off. I got busy and Watching that, man, it really kind of rekindled that fire. But I was also kind of getting into it a little bit before that, seeing that series as well. I I just, I've always loved that. Those cars are something else. Also, sports-wise, just waiting on the Cubs to fire up. Pitchers and catchers will be reporting before you know it. IU basketball, eh, there's some optimism there. Ah, And I'm just sitting here delaying, talking about the NFL and the playoffs, which I love this time of year. But the Indianapolis Colts, not going to be in the playoffs. All they had to do was beat the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars, and they couldn't even do that. Ah, gotta love the Indianapolis Colts kind of coming becoming the lovable losers. Well, I guess they have been for a while now. But yeah, all they had to do was win one game. Actually, uh, any of the last two games, I believe they could have won and made the playoffs. But no, couldn't do that. But. Really, is it better to lose now or have the heartbreak in the playoffs when you lose in the first round or the second round? I, I guess you always want to go to the playoffs. But as far as predictions, who's going to go to the Super Bowl? Boy, I don't know. I feel like it gets that question gets harder and harder each year. And that's what I love about the game. Any given Sunday, you just never know what's going to happen. But as far as predictions, uh, definitely uh, without a question. Coming out of the NFC, it is gonna be the Green Bay Packers. I think they have a lot of weapons going on. I think Aaron Rodgers has been on fire. You cannot count out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I just feel like there's enough drama and then there's and then there are just enough missing pieces right now that it's gonna be really hard for Tom Brady and the Bucks to repeat. In the AFC, that's oh boy, I don't know. Really kind of odd that the Tennessee Titans are the number one seed in the AFC. I guess that kind of speaks to what a weird year it's been. But if I had to make a prediction, who is going to go to the Super Bowl, I really kind of think, I want to say the Patriots, but I just don't think they have enough pieces. I want to say the Chiefs are going to surprise everybody because everybody counted them out mid-season And I just think that they are kind of, they've been cooking. And I feel like they've been cooking on something pretty good. And eh, I think everybody's kind of overlooking them right now. Same with the Bills. This is why it's so tough. But either way, I kind of feel like it's Green Bay's year. I just got this gut feeling. And I've had this over the years, but I think this year, uh, Green Bay might be able to just pull it off. So the only time will tell, but love this time of year. Uh, tonight is actually the big playoffs, the college football championship between Alabama and Georgia, the Bulldogs. Kind of weird that it's happening uh, literally just a few miles down the road from me in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's been a wild time. I guess they had uh, some sort of uh, arrest due to bomb threat Uh, Doja Cat performed. I guess that uh, delayed. I think I'm saying that right, by the way. I'm I'm too old for that. But uh, I believe it was delayed for hours and then she still was able to perform. Then I read today where there's been police needing to get involved with some Georgia fans and some Alabama fans, trash talking, all that stuff. So it's going to be wild. See what happens tonight. I really hope Georgia can do this. I I think the uh, Georgia fans in general, I think they uh, have earned it. Uh, obviously the Braves they got the big World Championship again finally and I think uh, the Bulldogs, I think it's time for them. Plus it's Bama and uh, you know, I have all the respect in the world for Nick Saban but Man, I'm just sick and tired of seeing Bama. And the only thing that sucks is it's two SEC teams. And I tell you, the the SEC, it's one of the greatest conferences. It's it's tough, but I'm I just get sick of hearing about that. Oh, the the SEC, it's it's just like the NFL. Give me a break. But then again, Bama, whew, it's hard to bet against them. I'll say that. But enough of me blabbing on. I hope you have a great Monday, a great rest of your week, or whenever you're listening to this. I hope I find you well. Really appreciate you checking out the show. We'll get to our guest in just a moment. If you have anything you would like to say, you have any suggestions for the show, you want to tell me how much I suck, it's uh, Jeff Reynolds show at gmail.com. You can find me on all social media at Jeff W. Reynolds. Instagram is my favorite. And I hope you get a chance to check out the other episodes. Hopefully I'm saying welcome back to the Jeff Reynolds Show podcast channel. Stephanie, how's it going?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: Uh, Doing well. So Stephanie McDew, she's a uh, certified bourbon steward, co-host of the Bourbon Daily, and host of the Bottle Kills and Last Meals podcast on the ABB Network channel and uh, just a all-around good person. Uh, am I missing anything? Uh, how would you introduce yourself?
1: No, that was perfect. Those are the two main things I'm doing besides my day job, but I kind of try to, you know, I don't like to tell people where I actually work. So those are the things that I do media wise. And that's what I like to put out there. That was perfect.
0: There you go. You're a, you're a dog mom. You're a wife uh, (laughs) from a small town in Indiana. We actually both went to the same high school. So that's kind of how this happened. And it turns out you're into something really cool. So it's like, Hey, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask you, I was thinking about that today. How many people were in your class? Mine had 60. We were one of the smaller, but average classes.
0: I think it was around fifty or sixty. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think it was kind of the same thing. I, I tell anybody that and they're like, I have three thousand people in my I class. know.
1: So my best friend, she went to a bigger high school outside of Cincinnati in the suburbs there. And she's like, There were a thousand people in my class. And I'm like, I could not fathom I'm like there weren't any that many in our whole high school (laughs) in elementary put together
0: (laughs) and I couldn't imagine not knowing every single person
1: I know it's (laughs) bizarre to me we we came from a different world apparently (laughs) apparently
0: yes but uh nonetheless uh both big fans of bourbon of whiskey and you're kind of a bourbon expert at least uh in my eyes anyway I mean you've Um, got
1: so people do say that but like I don't want to give myself too much credit, because I think it's one of these industries like where you are learning every single day. Mm -hmm. There's still so many things I don't know that I want to know, but I did become a certified bourbon steward. I'm really proud of that. Um, I can tell you the ins and outs, the basics of bourbon. I can recommend you some good bourbons, but I'm by no means I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I, I'm knowledgeable.
0: Uh, so what is it exactly a steward? Is that what you were saying? You just kind of, uh, you know, are able to, to share knowledge and experience and things of that nature?
1: Yeah. So there's this great group out of Louisville, Kentucky called Moonshine University, and they offer a lot of courses. But there is certified bourbon steward that you can do online, which is what I did. Or you can go in person in class and become an executive bourbon steward. Mm. And that's a little bit more hands on. Um, They give you a cool coin, cool stuff, but um, it just really educates you so that you can educate other people. And I like that word educate because it's like, oh, you just drink all the time. You're just having a party. And I'm like, I am. I'm having a great time. but (laughs) There's so much more to it than just that. Like there's the science behind it. There's the rules behind it. Like bourbon is a whiskey but not all whiskeys are bourbon. So it's fun to know those rules and like kind of inform people that don't know.
0: And bourbon, if I've heard correctly, I mean, that's that comes from one specific county in the country.
1: Not true, not true. Oh. This is a misconception. Okay. A lot of people will say that um, bourbon can only come from Bourbon County, Kentucky, or bourbon can only come from Kentucky. It can come from anywhere in the United States. So Congress passed a rule that said um, it is a product of the United States. So any state- Hmm. Um even Alaska and Hawaii can make bourbon.
0: When did this happen?
1: I wanna say it was 1976. Don't really? quote me on that wow. don't quote me on that Congress date, but Congress did pass a law saying it is a United States product.
0: Wow, I had no idea. See, I thought maybe that was a new thing. That way everybody could yep. see. well, I've it's, got bourbon too. A-
1: yeah, but you, Kentucky is the biggest supplier, but um, you can make it anywhere in the U.S.
0: What's the major difference between bourbon and whiskey?
1: Um, so bourbon has some rules. So to be considered a bourbon, it has to be 51% corn in the Mashville. So okay. 51% corn, um, they usually use like light- Other grains will be like a rye, a wheat. Um, Mm. Some people are even using oats and those are really interesting and then like a barley thrown in. So whatever percentage of those you want, but it has to be 51% corn. Um, It has to enter the barrel at 125 proof. It, It cannot be less than AB proof when it comes out of the barrel and nothing can be added to it except water no additives, no big flavors. I think that's why it's so great. It's just, it's a natural product. So you can kind of like pretend you're healthy when you're drinking it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The aging process of anything is just remarkable. And so it sounds like it's kind of like the same thing as beer, because for anything to be classified as beer, it has to have hops, barley, and uh, I think, well, what's the third? Yeast.
1: Yeah. So there, there's yeast and bourbon too, that goes into it, but it's not really considered part of the mash bill. It's part of the, like making it all work. It's part of the science, but sure. I'm not, I'm not a beer person though. And I know there's different styles I don't know what makes it bad. <laughs> like why is an IPA different than a pale ale or, you know, I don't, I don't know the difference. So
0: No. Yeah. And that, that was something uh, I've been into for a long time. I would say a lot more so then bourbons and whiskeys, but, uh, you know, I'm uh, getting into those a little bit more these days, but mm-hmm. I, I enjoy both equally. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's fun to try different things, uh, even wines from time to time.
1: Yeah. I, I love some wine. I'll drink some wine all day, every day, but like, I cannot tell you a thing about a wine yeah. <laughs> at all. <I'm> like, <laughs> i like, I like this red one. That's as good as I can get for wine.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I know what I like and that's, that's pretty yeah. much it. So, uh, the, the big important question that we didn't get to, are are you drinking anything tonight?
1: Um, so I'm actually having a cocktail tonight. Um, ah. I'm just doing like a ginger and wild turkey 101. I think that's a great cocktail. Super simple, super easy. Um, I've been a little bit sick this week, so I'm was like ginger. Ginger seems healthy. I'm going to put that back in my system. So uh, yeah, just a ginger beer and a wild turkey 101. Great little mixer.
0: Get that uh, grandpa's cough medicine going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got actually scotch, which I'm slowly getting into scotch mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Glenlivet mm-hmm. 14 year. Uh cognac cask selection. So that's what I
1: nice. Think. So I would I respect scotches. I wish I liked scotches. I have never been able to cross this threshold into the scotch world. There are some Irish whiskeys. I like, I mostly stick to bourbons and rice. I'm like, scotch is not for me.
0: that's okay. (laughs) And it it wasn't for so long. And I I don't know that it still is, but every now and then I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to get a good bottle. And that's the thing too. It's got to be a a good bottle for it to be enjoyable, uh, Mm -hmm. at least for my palate. Um, which is a shame because you know, you got to spend a pretty penny, but that's, that's. That's what I like about, you know, just traditional bourbons and whiskeys is, I mean, you can get a $15 bottle of whiskey and it's going to be delicious.
1: Exactly. And scotch, like, I think scotch is interesting because they all have those areas. Like there's like the Islay scotch and there's different variations of scotches and there's so much history and stuff to learn there. I like learning about it. I don't like drinking it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I enjoy just uh, kind of the same things, you know, it just depends on my mood. And you mentioned Irish whiskey. There's one that I've been wanting to pick up that I had years ago. Uh red Breast. I'm just a big fan. That of.
1: one, I think that is like a top-notch Irish whiskey, right? Oh, so I'm so like good. everybody knows Jameson. I'm like, that's great for St. Patrick's Day, right? You're just gonna get drunk off Jameson. But if mm-hmm. you want to enjoy an Irish whiskey, get a red Breast and yeah. actually sip and enjoy that. Just don't get shit
0: faced. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like and, and I think that for bourbons too. I'm like, okay, there's the bourbons that you're just here to get shit faced on, and then there's the yep. bourbons you sip and enjoy. Everything has a place.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. Jameson is one of those things I think of parties, you know, and things of that nature. You have your party bottles
1: and you have your good bottles. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. Those, those midweek sippers that you need to to cut some stress.
1: Absolutely.
0: How did you get into this? I mean, you know, you've, you've, (laughs) <laughs> kind of went head first into the world and you've not looked back
1: i have so it's funny so i always like jack and coke being from where we're from that makes sense right like we didn't have a lot of options so i was like a jack and coke girl parties at concerts i still like them i went to i got my first big girl job had to go to dinner with the bosses and i'm like can't just fucking order a jack and coke while i'm sitting here <laughs> like that's not gonna be professional So my manager ordered a makers on the rocks and I'm like, it was one of those, I'll have what he's having moments, have no idea what I was doing, but I was just trying to fake it till I make it. So I ordered the same thing. And that's when I realized. I'm like, Hey, this stuff really does have some flavor. So. I got obsessed with Maker's Mark, dove headfirst into their history, went to the distillery, and then I decided I wanted to do the whole Bourbon Trail. So I did that in the summer of 2017, did the Bourbon Trail, posted all my pictures to Instagram. I didn't I didn't even have a following then. I think like 300 people followed me then. And it was just people that I knew. Steve Akeley, the owner of the ABB Network, followed me. We connected through bourbon. He's like, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast sometime? I, I run a bourbon podcast. I honestly did not know what the hell a podcast was. I had no idea. <laughs> and I was just like, sure, why not? <laughs> so I came on the podcast. It was great. And he called me immediately after and he's like, do you want to be my regular co-host? And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. I, I did the bourbon trail. I came on a podcast once as a guest changed my world ever since
0: <laughs> that's so great I, yeah. I i think that's awesome you it, know you it's just...
1: really dumb luck right place right time i
0: guess <laughs> yeah and a lot of people would say if they say you know i'll have what he's having or i'll have what she's having mm-hmm. and it was makers on the rocks not everybody would have that same reaction because no, no
1: that, that's not <laughs> gonna be a great experience for everybody i right. walked
0: out i think <laughs> yeah it, it, you know i thought for years and i and i'm still kind of a You know, a chicken. Sometimes when it comes to that, I'm not. You know, I I like to think that I'm a man's man and all that. But sometimes I'm like, boy, this is strong. (laughs) You know, it just it it depends on the day. It really does. That's that's the weird thing about at least my palate. As some days things can taste amazing, the next, you know, not so great. And you mentioned
1: totally agree.
0: You mentioned uh, Jack and Coke uh, earlier. Uh, I Mm -hmm. like. I, I, I like that. And then I also like uh, Jack and water sometimes for some reason, <laughs> somebody told me about that combo and I just, it, I really I, get it off.
1: I don't, I have not tried that, but I don't think it's stupid because like you're rehydrating yourself as mm-hmm. you're drinking. That's not stupid. I, I do
0: I that. I do, me, but... I do, I do do that with scotch sometimes uh, depending on the scotch. I mean, it's...
1: yeah. So I always like to have a water with me, like a yes. water bottle or something. And then like even ice. So There's a lot of people that are like, oh, I only drink it neat and they want to act like they're so much better than everybody. Like, if that's your thing, that's cool, but there is nothing wrong with adding an ice cube if it makes the experience better for you add the ice cube have it
0: and plus it sounds great it does
1: (laughs) put it on the rocks there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because it's a it dilutes it it changes the flavor it changes the experience absolutely nothing wrong with it I like a rock it depends on what I'm drinking but I'm like I'll throw some ice and some stuff I have no problem with that
0: that whole drinking it neat thing to me it seems like a almost a Western thing that, you know, uh, you know, you pass through saloons and you pick up a bottle that's been sitting there for 20 years and it's, you know, room temperature. And it's like, how about some ice? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And and there, there are some things that I do like meat and just pour it off the shelf and put it in a glass. That's fine. But if it's hot, if it is
0: 90 degrees outside, give me a goddamn ice cube. There's nothing wrong <laughs> <above> with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and I, I I do a cardinal sin anyway. You know, I drink beers. Uh, I drink IPAs, uh, all that stuff. But if I'm drinking a Miller Lite, sometimes I like an ice cube in there. Like the one that's going to melt really slow, like, you know. Right. Cause I don't want it watered down, but I want my light beers as cold as humanly possible.
1: I, I think that's fair because like, you know, like people spend an insane amount of money on these Yeti coolers to mm-hmm. keep their beer cold. You want a cold beer. That's absolutely fine.
0: I, I go to great lengths to always have cold beer. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: so I want to bring up a topic that not everybody likes and that is seltzer. like the white claw. Uh, yeah. So I've never been a beer girl, right? But I come mm-hmm. from a beer family and I'm not like trying to walk in with a bourbon bottle looking like the real alcoholic of the family. <laughs> so like when these came out, I was so grateful because I could like roll into a family gathering with like a 12 pack of like White Claw and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm not drinking liquor today. I'm not drinking <laughs> beer either, but I'm, I kind of want to be nice. guys.
0: <laughs> getting getting classy drunk Get today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will say this. I'm not a seltzer fan. I don't like seltzer water, but the ones that aren't too on the nose seltzery, like I find Truly's to be delicious. I think those are-,
1: are delightful. <laughs>
0: But White Claw even, you know, just a little bit too much seltzer for me. I've never been like a, a tonic water, a seltzer guy, or, uh, you know, that's just not my jam.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people don't like it because they're like, we don't even like LaCroix. I actually like LaCroix. So I'm like, yeah, it's like it's like a happy water. It's like, a, it's like a, <laughs> a LaCroix, but with alcohol. So it's better. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. But I'm just like I can't roll into like a beer function with a whole bottle. Like I can roll in with a pack of these. That's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like that. That's uh, that's nice. And it's let's be honest. When you're sitting by the pool, you don't really care as long as it's cold and it goes down
1: easy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where like where bourbon purists are list. like, it's a beach bourbon. I'm like, there's not really a beach bourbon. Like when I go to the beach, <laughs> I don't really want a bourbon, like a cocktail. Maybe if you made like a slushy out of it or like bourbon lemonades, love a bourbon lemonade. But like, I don't want to drink it neat when it's 90 degrees outside.
0: No, good Lord. I couldn't even imagine.
1: Yeah, and there's some people, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that when I show this podcast to the bourbon community. They're going to be like, McNeil, you suck. But I'm like, that's just how I <laughs> feel, and I've always been honest about it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned the network. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what the network is? And uh, I know we kind of hit on it a little bit, but also, you know, what to expect when you listen to that podcast with you yeah. guys?
1: Oh, God. You can expect anything and everything honestly. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so the ABV network, we are more than just podcasts. Um, Steve Akeley does it all. I don't know when this man sleeps and I'm so grateful that he brought me in, but um, we do, we do blogs, we do newsletters, we do live events. We have a crew club, which is like a personalized club. You get first dibs on all of our live events, virtual events. You you get first notice of anything we're doing. We do a lot of virtual tastings. We'll actually send you samples. So maybe things you can't get off your shelf, maybe something you've been wanting to find we'll do virtual events with those um we're doing we're back to live events um i think we're going to leatherwood distillery in march um and we have some stuff planned throughout the summer but um it's podcast the bourbon show the bourbon show is kind of um the diamond and all the roughness that we have so the bourbon show is very professional they have great interviews they have great information Um, Jeremy and Renee on there, great hosts. And then we have the Bourbon Daily, which is me and Ms. Becca Sue, we're the co-host. We can either be very serious and informative or we just turn into drunk assholes very quick and it's just going to (laughs) be laughing. So like you have to love us to like that show. Um, That was very personality driven. Um, Sometimes we're informative, sometimes it's just funny. So, but it's all bourbon based. It's always a bourbon theme. You just may get information or you may just laugh. It's a mixed bag. And then um, I have my other show, Bottle Kills and Last Meals on there. Where I kill off a bottle of bourbon and tell you about a serial killer's last meal.
0: If you like, I think that's wine, such a cool concept. I,
1: so This came about because we have a we have a bourbon bar in our home, and um, I would get to the point where there'd be like, I know the audience can't see me, but like an inch of bourbon mm. left in a bottle. Like, just why are we saving this bottle? And it would drive my husband crazy. He'd be like, "Well, you just fucking drink it." I'm like, "No, I want to save this bottle. Oh. I have a special reason." <laughs> And then like, I've always been interested in true crime and stuff. So I'm like, what if I paired this with the last meal? And I told Steve and he's like, that's a fun idea. You do it. So I did the whole show where I I just pick a bottle off our shelf. That's making my husband go mad. So he doesn't kill me. So I take it and um, just kill it off. And then I tell you a story about a serial killer and it's super fun. I don't know how long it's going to last because there's only so many last meals in the world, but it's been a year now. So still going strong.
0: Well, and that kind of brings up another question of mine. What is it with women and serial killers and true crime? I mean, oh, it no, is right? <laughs> everywhere I turn, it's a podcast, it's a series. And I, you know, I've gotten to a point. It's like, I don't know if I can watch any more of these because I've seen so many.
1: I, I always want more. I always want more. <laughs> and I don't know why we're always the victims, but we're just like, give me more of that traumatic shit. I don't know what it is, but we're here for it. And I'm- I I would say so. Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) This is probably maybe a tough question. Maybe not. Uh, What are your Mount Rushmore of bourbons?
1: Oh, that is a great question. And nobody's ever asked me it like that. Um, So like the ones I haven't had, but want to get. So, you know, every year you have the guys like chasing the pappies. That's not on mine. I'm just like, I I don't want to say it's overrated, but. If you want a pappy, go get your pappy. Go go try to find it. I'm not trying to pay that much for it, but I do want a William Larue Weller. It's a special mm. release from Heaven Hill every year. I don't even care what year it came from. I want one. I will pay over market value for it. I want one. I don't have one. That is top of my list. I think if you can get a birthday bourbon from Old Forester, get it. But try to get try to get in the drawing for it. Try to get it from Old Forester. Don't pay some secondary insane price for it definitely get that. Even like the old foresters that are on the shelf, like the 1920, the 1910, definitely check those out. They're so good. They're so well done. Anything coming out of old forester right now is fantastic. Cause they have Jackie's I their master taster. Everything that comes out of there is quality. High notch. Larceny is my favorite bourbon. I get a lot of hate for that, but, um, any larceny barrel pick that I have not had, if you had a club that picked it or a private group that picked it, I want to try it because they stopped doing the barrel picks. Those would be my top
0: three. And, and that kind of does bring me to my next question, because you did say that the Pappies, you know, people will spend insane amounts of money for Pappy Van Winkle or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they, they are yeah. special. I mean, they're they're made that way for a reason. They are. And it, it's become a long way. But is, is it really the fact that you're going to get a better experience the more you spend or?
1: um? I think that used to be true. I think that used to be a top-notch, top shelf bourbon and i'm not talking shit about buffalo trace but i think the people who want it now just want bragging rights right like it's the guy that's like i got a ferrari like it's it's those guys Mm -hmm. that want it and i'm like you you know what you ruined it for everybody else i know i don't care if i ever have one i don't care and um some people might and that's fine but i hope you want it for the right reasons i hope that you open it i hope Mm -hmm. that you drink it i hope that you enjoy it i hope that you don't put it on your shelf or that you're not paying two thousand, trying to flip it for five thousand. I hope you're not being a douchebag about it.
0: <laughs> and let's hope you're not mixing it with coke. <laughs> so
1: I, so people have feelings about this, and my feeling is, is like I would never. Mm -hmm. but you know what? That's your money. Spend it, waste it how you want If you want to put some Coke in there, baby, do it. (laughs) Not my business.
0: (laughs) You had mentioned uh, Jack Daniels earlier Mm -hmm. when I got off work this morning. um, It was kind of a throwback for me. Uh, Somebody gave me a bottle of Jim Beam for Christmas. So I, uh, I had Jim Beam and Coke when I got off work. That was,
1: that was a throwback.
0: (laughs) There's, there's something about it though. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. those combinations they're, they're still good to this day.
1: Yeah. So it's like when I still go to a country concert, no matter where it's at, I'm like, I want a Jack and Coke. And that is all I will drink the whole evening. Cause I'm like, it just, it just pairs well. It just makes sense for some reason. I'm like Jack and Coke, country music, that's all I'm drinking tonight. And they might have a full bar full of better things, but that is what I want that night.
0: What do you think are some of those best bourbons for mixing? Cause I, I think if it's like, you know, say Johnny Walker, I, w- I would say <laughs> There's ones that are good to mix. There's ones that are good to sip on.
1: I think that's a mixing scotch, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not super high end. You can walk into a CVS and buy it. Definitely make a scotch cocktail with that. As far as bourbons, I think the Four Roses, yellow label, that one, like just your bottom shelf Four Roses, that has enough flavor in it that it stands up in a cocktail. I like Wild Turkey 101 for cocktails. I'll put that in a ginger beer all day. That's delicious. Mostly like anything under your $25 mark, I would say 92 to like 100 proof is going to be great in a cocktail. Like I, I try not to go through the mm-hmm. 80 proof because it doesn't really stand up too much. But um, anything like a 100 proofish that's under $25, it's going to be great in a cocktail.
0: And what are some of those cocktails that you enjoy most?
1: I love an old-fashioned. So one of my goals for this new year is to find the best old-fashioned at a restaurant Outside of Indianapolis or near Indianapolis, right? Because I live in Greenfield. Because I've had some bad old-fashioned. That's <laughs> a good one. So I'm like, he's doing it right. Because you can really mess those up. Uh. Some old-fashioned. I love a mint julep in the summer. Like love the derby and everything that goes with it. Even a bourbon lemonade. Like if I'm out doing yard work, planting flowers, I'm like just those. Like some cheap bourbon and the lemonade. That's a good day. <laughs>
0: As far as classic cocktails, I've never been an old-fashioned guy. Uh, I've tried, and I and I think it's more of uh, you know the extras that go, and it's not necessarily the whiskey. It's you know the the other things aren't so much my jam. The one that I really like, and I don't even like gin, uh, but I think it's called a French forty-five or a French ninety-five. Yes. So yes, those
1: are I, fantastic.
0: I yes, know, I know yes, a yes, place. Yeah. A oh, French 75. Yep. Okay. Uh, there was a, a place when I lived in Augusta that made a bourbon version of that. So they called it a French 45 or a French 95 for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was really good. But I, I enjoy those. Those are nice.
1: Yeah. Um, Doc Crows in Louisville does one. They do it with the bur- They do the bourbon version. It's fantastic. So it's literally like they used to be gin, but you can do bourbon. It's like champagne and something else. I don't remember, but they are so good.
0: Very yeah. refreshing during the summertime.
1: It is, and I will say that can be like a breakfast cocktail if you want to start your
0: day early. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that's that's probably pretty accurate. There Almost is- kind of if you think of the uh, the mimosa realm, I would say, or maybe just yeah. Kind it, it's of like
1: mimosa's big sister. It's fantastic.
0: <laughs> it really is. Uh What do you think? There's uh every bourbon drinker should know. As somebody that's maybe just getting into it to enjoy it. The the level one things that every bourbon drinker should know.
1: First and foremost, you do not have to spend a lot of money to have a good bourbon. I think people get in and they're just like, "What? what's the best thing I can buy for $200? Well, don't do that. Spend $35, get something off the shelf at like Crown Liquors, your local liquor store, wherever. Go get that old though, 1920. That's going to be a good experience for you. It's affordable. It's findable. Don't kill yourself chasing other people's unicorns and don't break your bank it should be an enjoyable, affordable hobby. It still can be. Don't get beat down by these Facebook groups. The bourbon Facebook groups are <laughs> terrible. Like somebody will post something or ask a very innocent question. And this poor dude gets rips rips to shreds by people who think they know bourbon better than him. And just, just don't do that. Like enjoy it. Find people that enjoy it with you. Um, you know, if you're just starting out, don't, I would say don't spend over $40 on a bourbon. Go to your liquor store every week and pick up a couple $40 bourbon. And go home and find what you like. Taste a lot of things. Go to bourbon bars, taste samples. Even some liquor stores will let you do samples sometimes. I don't know in Indiana, but Kentucky does. Like the liquor barn, you can do samples. Just find what you like. Don't let other people influence that and don't spend a shit ton of money trying to do it.
0: I found for me, uh, when I'm picking, I, I'm looking at uh, the finishes, the agings now. Yes. Um, I'm a big port wine fan, so I love anything that's aged in Port Wine. You like
1: Angels and B and things like that. Fantastic. Yeah
0: uh and like this uh there was another bottle i almost got i think it was like a sh- it was uh finished in like sherry casks this was in yeah. cognac and i thought no yeah, I'll, I'll try this one and then i'll try the the other one but yeah i, I like those those port winey. yeah flavors. so
1: that's a good thing to say don't be afraid of finished bourbons like there are some purists are gonna be like well it's not really a bourbon go fuck yourself it still is <laughs> so, um, go try those things like maybe if you're like a wine guy that wants to get into bourbon angels envy go try it it is port finished so good. It's so yummy. Barrel bourbon does some finished ones, a couple others do. So yeah, if you want something finished, that's a good transition to get you into it because it's something you already like with something you don't know. That's a great transition.
0: Yeah, um, I think the one that really got me in and in this, if I drink it now, boy, is it really, really sweet. And I just mm-hmm. think, man, how do I enjoy this? But I was gifted uh, a couple of years ago a bottle that had like a maple finish to it, which was oh. delicious. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like I said, now that you know you you've gotten into you know just straight bourbons and you know maybe not as much on the the you know extra flavoring. Now yeah. now I think it, it, it's enjoyable, but it's almost too sweet now.
1: Okay, I will agree with you on that and those are popular like the maple barrel finished, the honey barrel finished if you're new to bourbon absolutely jump into it in that way for me they're a little sweet I, I would prefer to put those in cocktails probably and not just drink them neat or on the rocks but um, those are great for what they are and if that's how you get into it by all means jump in that way
0: yeah I, any way you can get in just dive mm-hmm. in head first so yep. what actually makes a good bourbon
1: you know, I think quality, right? Like you can make a shitty bourbon and throw it on the shelf. And I think just the care, like I got to the point, like where I know a lot of distillers now, and I know the effort and the thought process that goes into these, just knowing the person who made this cares about it and did their best with it. I think that's amazing to know. Aging's a thing that people care about. So to be a straight bourbon, it has to be two years old. Usually they, they try to get them to four to be bottled and bond and all that. It's not that important. If they put good ingredients in, you can have a good bourbon at two years old. It doesn't need to be four, six, ten years old. And I think bourbon at fifteen and twenty is overdone. If you have to age it twenty years to be good, you did something wrong in the beginning. Scotch <laughs> <laughs> so is different. You want your scotches to be older because their climate's different. But to age in like the Midwest or most of the U.S., two to four years old, six years old, going to make a fantastic bourbon. Aging's not really that important here. So just good quality ingredients, I think, makes. The bourbon.
0: Yeah, I, I think maybe we do kind of get a little bit blindsided by, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with, oh, a 14 year and it's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, which, which scotch is a little bit different, but at, is, the, yeah. at the same time, I think. Maybe that's uh, people look for what's sexy as far as the label or something like that. You know, you got to kind of look past that sometimes.
1: I also want to say, don't be afraid to try your local distilleries. Like you're kind of a beer guy and beer is like, oh, my local beer, my local brewery, people went nuts over these things. But local craft distilleries didn't get the same amount of love until it's like, if you know, you know, kind of people. And we told other people. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to try your local distilleries. They're doing really cool things. Things like Jim Beam and Makers and Heaven Hill can't do. So go try your local distillery. You're going to have a great experience. You're going to try some great whiskeys. Don't be afraid of that. Try the craft, guys.
0: We did kind of cover this, but I'm just curious if maybe you can narrow it down to one. you got $20 to spend. If you're going to slum it, what are you going to slum it with as far as bottom shelf? And that's not really a good term because I can drink a $14 bottle of White Label Evan Williams, you know, Oh yeah, all day, every day. It's delicious.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to agree with you there. Um, But go to Meyer if you're in Indiana around the Indianapolis area. Go to a Meyer. They have Evan Williams White Label, which is their bottled and bond. Still fifteen dollars. Stellar. It's hundred proof because it's bottled and bond better than their black label. Get that Evan Williams white label all day, every day.
0: And the the other one that I uh, see a lot of people go with, and the only reason I don't say this is because one, I haven't tried it, but I've heard nothing but good things. But B, it's also harder to find is uh, the traditional uh, Heaven Hill. Yes. That's one of the cheaper ones as well.
1: It is harder to find. I think Kentucky still has it. We don't have it in Indiana. They also had a Heaven Hill bottled in bond that was six years. They pulled it from the shelves years ago, brought it back out as a seven-year, charged double for it. (laughs) the same damn shit just a year older so don't fall for that i would also say this one doesn't get a lot of love because it is like bottom bottom shelf like you gotta be down for this one is the very old barton bottled and bond has the black label make sure it's the bottled and bond though because the rest of the very old barton's not that great but that bottled and bond is seller like $12.
0: Can you just briefly define bottle and bond for those who keep hearing that term and thinking, what, what is that? What
1: the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, okay. So that was actually enacted by the U.S. government too. It's it's actually a law that some distilleries follow. So to be considered bottled and bond, the bourbon has to be made by one distillery in one season, aged in a federally secure warehouse, and be at least 100 proof. Pretty simple, but yeah, it has to be four years old as well, at least four years old.
0: I see why you're saying that's something to look for because you know what you're gonna get. You want that yes, proof. Exactly. You want those specifics. I mean, that's
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And if you like a brand, you're just like, I really like their bottled and bun, like Evan Williams, for example. That white label is a little bit different than that black label because that white label is going to forever be more consistent. So you just you just know what you're getting out of that. I think
0: so that's my favorite. You know, mm-hmm. I whether it's that and I and I always said the same thing about. Bubble Buffalo Trace. If you spend, you know, 25 bucks, Mm -hmm. you know what you're getting. Uh, It it never changes. It's not like, oh, well, this batch isn't as good or, you know.
1: Yeah. So, And their quality control, like I know some people at Buffalo Trace, their quality control is stellar. So Buffalo Trace gets a lot of hate for like their their BTAC collection every year that's allotted. Um, They didn't release a George T. Stag this year because they said the quality is not there. It's not what people expect. We're just not going to do it. Wow. So the Buffalo Trace brand, they put so much love and thought into like the quality of they're putting out there
0: you know I respect that because mm-hmm. you know it, you put out something inferior and that that is how you lose people
1: it is and like you know we, like you could still put it out and be like we're still going to make however much money they chose to just eat this year and not make that money and I think that says a lot about them so that's great
0: uh how do you feel about moonshine I was actually just gifted a bottle uh, I saw over your Christmas. post about that
1: um yeah. so I think there's genuine moonshine I um, I have some friends who built their whole distilleries around moonshine there's a right way to do it. And then like, there's like the old smoky bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Taurus trap moonshines and there's your real moonshines. Go to a distillery that has like the real authentic things. Don't fall into that, like process bullshit, I guess.
0: Anything with, you know, a ton of cherries in a jar or Mm -hmm. uh, that just, that never, I thought, you know, that there's just something about that, that I don't think is going to be my jam.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, I don't think grandpa would have made it that way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, peanut butter whiskey, yes or no?
1: I hate to say, but I actually like screwball. Um, yes. I, I will not just sit here and drink it. It's not, it's not something you pour in your glass and drink. But I think screwball and fireball, things like that have their place in the market. They have their place for people. They're fun. They're the party drinks, right? Like they they have their place.
0: Where can we find uh, a little bit more about you? Where can we follow you? Obviously, hear the podcast, all that good stuff.
1: Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's McNeil ABV, ABV for the ABV Network. And check out abbnetwork.com all of our podcasts, all of our blogs, all of our tasting events. We, we do so much. It's a wild website, but it's all consolidated in there. Just check out abbnetwork.com and send me a DM. I usually answer pretty quickly. If you find me on Instagram and have questions, just send me a message. I'll get to you.
0: <laughs> I, I've done it several times, especially, you know, a couple of <laughs> years ago when I was like, oh, what about this? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. it, it, it's nice to have somebody with a little bit of knowledge.
1: Yeah. And I love that. So when people ask like, Hey, what should I get for a gift or what should I try? Like, I feel so honored that people would ask me. So please send me those. I love (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel so honored that you would uh, take the time to uh, visit with me and uh, share some bourbon knowledge with the folks here.
1: Yeah, of course. Anytime.
0: All right. Well, Hey, have a happy 2022. And again, thanks for stopping by.
1: Yeah, of course. Bye everybody.